This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. You're listening to Your Catholic Corner 89.0 Free FM. This is Salve Regina by the Benedictine Monks. You can listen to Your Catholic Corner on air, online or on demand. you. You're listening to Your Catholic Corner 89.0 Free FM, brought to you by the parishioners of St. Matthew's in Hillcrest and Hamilton City, God's Own Aotearoa, New Zealand. I'm Julie, and here we are on the sixth Sunday of Lent, also known as Palm Sunday. I actually set you a bit wrong last week. I was a week ahead of myself. Here was me thinking that we were coming into the last week of Lent, and it wasn't, but now we are. So I apologize for that if I, if you made plans because of something that I said that was incorrect. Humble apologies. My head must have been somewhere else. The sixth Sunday of Lent. In the accounts of the four canonical Gospels, Christ's triumphal entry into Jerusalem takes place a week before his resurrection, which is where we are now this week. 
Only the Gospel of John shows a timeline of the event, dated six days before the Passover. The raising of Lazarus, though, is mentioned only by the Gospel of John in the previous chapter. The Eastern Orthodox Church and the Eastern Catholic Churches, which follow the Byzantine Rite, commemorate it on Lazarus Sunday. Sorry, correction, Lazarus Saturday. And it follows the text of the Gospel. In fact, the Jewish calendar dates begin at sundown on the night beforehand and conclude at nightfall. The Gospel of Matthew claims that this happened, that the prophecy might be fulfilled, and that's of Zechariah in 9.9, where it says, The coming of Zion's king. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. It suggests that Jesus was declaring he was the king of Israel. And that's because, according to the Gospels, Jesus Christ rode on a donkey into Jerusalem and the celebrating people there laid down their cloaks and small branches of trees in front of him, singing part of Psalm 118. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The symbolism of the donkey may refer to the Eastern tradition that it was an animal of peace, unlike the horse, which was the animal of war. Back in Jesus' time, a king would have ridden a horse when he was bent on war and ridden a donkey to symbolize his arrival in peace. Jesus' entry into Jerusalem would have thus symbolized his entry as the Prince of Peace, which is sometimes how we refer to him, not as a war-raging king. This means that there have been two different meanings relating to Jesus' arrival on the donkey, a historical meaning, truly happening according to the Gospels, and a secondary reading through the symbolism of peace. In Luke, in chapter 19, verse 41, as Jesus approaches Jerusalem, he looks at the city and weeps over it, foretelling his coming passion and the suffering that awaits the city in the events of the destruction of the second temple. In many lands in the ancient Near East, it was customary to cover some of way of the path of someone thought to be worthy of the highest honor. The Hebrew Bible reports that Jehu, son of Jehoshaphat, was treated this way. Both the Synoptic Gospels and the Gospel of John report that people gave Jesus this form of honor. In the Synoptics, the people are described as laying their garments and cut rushes on the street whereas John specify fronds of palm, and the Greek word for that is phoenix. So maybe that's why we have phoenix palms. In Jewish tradition, the palm is one of the four species carried for sukkot, as prescribed for rejoicing in Leviticus. 
in the Greco-Roman culture of the Roman Empire, which strongly influenced Christian tradition, the palm branch was a symbol of triumph and victory. It became the most common attribute of the goddess Nike, or Victoria. For contemporary Roman observers, the profession would have evoked the Roman triumph when the triumphator laid down his arms and wore the toga, which was the civilian garment of peace that might be ornamented with emblems of the palm. Imagine how prickly that would have been. Although the epistles of Paul refer to Jesus as triumphing, the entry into Jerusalem may not have been regularly pictured as a triumphal procession in this sense very much before the 13th century. In the ancient Egyptian religion, the palm was carried in funeral processions and represented eternal life. The martyr's palm was later used as a symbol of Christian martyrs and their spiritual victory or triumph over death. In Revelation 7-9, the white-clad multitude stand before the throne and lamb holding palm branches. In ancient times, palm branches symbolized goodness and victory. They were often depicted on coins and important buildings. Solomon had palm branches carved into the walls and doors of the temple. Again, at the end of the Bible, people from every nation raise palm branches to honour Jesus. Palm Sunday commemorates the entrance of Christ into Jerusalem when palm branches were placed in his path, like I've mentioned, before his arrest on Holy Thursday and his crucifixion on Good Friday. So that is happening. Both of those are happening this week. It thus marks the beginning of Holy Week, which is where we are now, the final week of Lent. In churches of many Christian denominations, members of the congregations, oftentimes children, are given palms that they carry as they walk in a procession around the inside of the church. In the Roman Catholic Church, as well as many Anglican and Lutheran congregations, palm fronds are blessed with holy water outside the church building in an event called the Blessing of the Palms. And that's when the priest sprinkles, he walks around the the church and splashes us, sprinkles us with holy water. It's a solemn procession of the entire congregation and it takes place immediately after the blessing of the palms called the palm procession. In the Catholic Church, this feast now coincides with that of of Passion Sunday, which is the focus of the Mass which follows the procession. So today's Mass is a long one. The Catholic Church considers the blessed palms to be sacramentals. The vestments for today are deep scarlet red, being the colour of blood, indicating the supreme redemptive sacrifice Christ was entering the city to fulfil his passion and resurrection into Jerusalem.
Welcome back. I'm Julie and you're listening to Your Catholic Corner 89.0 Free FM brought to you by the parishioners of St. Matthew's in Hillcrest in Hamilton City, New Zealand. That was Were You There When They Crucified My Lord? from Hymns from Visual Worship Media. The Gospel According to St. Luke The elders of the people, chief priests and scribes, arose and brought Jesus before Pilate. They brought charges against him, saying, We found this man misleading our people. He opposes the payment of taxes to Caesar and maintains that he is the Christ, a king. Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He said to him in reply, You say so. Pilate then addressed the chief priests and the crowds. I find this man not guilty. But they were adamant and said, He is inciting the people with his teaching throughout all Judea, from Galilee where he began even to hear. On hearing this, Pilate asked if the man was a Galilean. And upon learning that he was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was in Jerusalem at the time. Herod was very glad to see Jesus. He had been wanting to see him for a long time, for he had heard about him and had been hoping to see him perform some sign. He questioned him at length, but he gave him no answer. The chief priests and scribes, meanwhile, stood by accusing him harshly. Herod and his soldiers treated him contemptuously and mocked him. And after clothing him in resplendent garb, he sent him back to Pilate. Herod and Pilate became friends that very day, even though they had been enemies formerly. Pilate then summoned the chief priests, the rulers and the people and said to them, You brought this man to me and accused him of inciting the people to revolt. I have conducted my investigation in your presence and have not found this man guilty of the charges you have brought against him, nor did Herod, for he sent him back to us. So no capital crime has been committed by him. Therefore, I shall have him flogged and then release him. But altogether they shouted, Away with this man, release Barabbas to us. Now Barabbas had been imprisoned for a rebellion that had taken place in the city and for murder. Again Pilate addressed them, still wishing to release Jesus, but they continued their shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate addressed them a third time, what evil has this man done? I found him guilty of no capital crime. Therefore, I shall have him flogged and then release him. With loud shouts, however, they persisted in calling for his crucifixion, and their voices prevailed. The verdict of Pilate was that their demand should be granted. So he released the man who had been imprisoned for rebellion and murder for whom they asked, and he handed Jesus over to them to deal with as they wished. As they led him away, they took hold of a certain Simon, a Cyrenian, 
who was coming in from the country, and after laying the cross on him, they made him carry it behind Jesus. A large crowd of people followed Jesus, including many women who mourned and lamented him. Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep instead for yourselves and for your children. For indeed, the days are coming when people will say, Blessed are the barren, the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. At the time, people will say to the mountains, Fall upon us, and to the hills, cover us. For if these things are done when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Now two others, both criminals, were led away with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him and the criminals there, one on his right, the other on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. They divided his garments by casting lots. The people stood by and watched. The rulers, meanwhile, sneered at him and said, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the chosen one, the Christ of God. Even the soldiers jeered at him. As they approached to offer him wine, they called out, If you are king of the Jews, save yourself. Above him there was an inscription that read, This is the king of the Jews. Now one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The other, however, rebuking him, said in reply, Have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnation. And indeed, we have been condemned justly, for the sentence we received corresponds to our crimes. But this man has done nothing criminal. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied to him, Amen, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, because of an eclipse of the sun. Then the veil of the temple was torn down the middle. Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion who witnessed what had happened glorified God and said, This man was innocent beyond doubt. When all the people who had gathered for the spectacle saw what had happened, they returned home beating their breasts. But all his acquaintances stood at a distance, including the women who had followed him from Galilee and saw these events. Peace be with you. May God bless you and your family.
Pete. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.